You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you writing or thinking about writing a book and dream about building your reputation as an authority in your field, but have no idea where to start? Unfortunately, many book authors with an incredible message to share sadly go unheard and never quite reach the level of exposure they'd hoped for. That is until now. The Author Platform Success Show will share key strategies on how to build the relationships and community that serves as the foundation for a powerful publicity platform, one that will support you in increasing your reach and book sales while helping you gain international recognition. Now, over to your host, Stacey Myers. Today, I feel so blessed to have one of my dearest friends with us on the show today, and her name is Dina Proctor. And Dina is a mind-body connection expert, engaging speaker and author of Madly Chasing Peace, How I Went From Hell to Happy in Nine Minutes a Day. Dina has taken her journey from hitting an emotional rock bottom through struggling with addictions, food issues and depression to having now found a consistent happiness, little known to most people, and turned it into a simple, practical method for others to change their own lives. Hey, Dina. Stacey, how are you? I'm really great, thanks. How are you? So good. So good. Do you know, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Now, Dina and I have known each other for a while now, and we've been, like, keeping in touch over the whole journey of Dina writing her book. So it's so exciting that it's here and ready to go, and it's the big launch is on the January the 8th. Are you all excited? Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't believe it's real. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, because it just seems to take such a long time to get it all ha- to happen and everything in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the title, Madly Chasing Peace, that's the bit I love the most out of the whole thing. So can you tell me, please, how you came up with that and then, of course, uh, what the book's about? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, Madly Chasing Peace is just a title that came to me intuitively while I was driving one day, and it was one of those goosebump moments. And I just knew that that would be the book title. Um, But it kind of describes how I spent most of my life up until, you know, my early 30s. I felt like I was just always on this mad crusade or search to just find some kind of peace and happiness in my life. You know, like I always had a restlessness and stuff. And um, so my book is, it's a a half memoir, half self-help book. Um, I hit a rock bottom in my life uh, towards the end of 2008 where I had been in and out of depression for years and I had changed jobs and apartments and boyfriends and moved cities and, you know, went to therapy and depression groups and all of this stuff just to try to fix myself. And, you know, nothing worked. And I hit rock bottom because I started drinking and I ended up horribly addicted to alcohol, drinking around the clock. And I reached a point where I just couldn't live with myself anymore And I planned a date for my own suicide. You know, I was just at such a low point. Um, So the story, you know, my book kind of takes people through, you know, what led me to that, coming out of that, going through addiction recovery, and then coming up with this nine-minute-a-day method, which I call three-by-three meditation. It's three minutes, three times a day, and how it's transformed everything about my life, my body, my relationships. And it's the, um, you know, kind of the, the... solid foundation that I built my coaching practice on is how I work with other people is teaching them how to use that method for results in their own life. So it's kind of it in a nutshell. (laughs) 
Okay, great. And you've got such an amazing story to share as well, which a lot of people can resonate with, whether um, if they've had addiction or not. There is that we all have had some struggle through our lives. So I think it's really great, and that you've come up with this practice that people can do. And it's a three by three meditation, like you said. But can you elaborate a bit on what the three by three means, please? Oh yeah, sure. So three by three is just the nickname that I've called it. Um, it's just three minutes, three times a day. And I didn't come up with it intentionally. I never intended to be any kind of meditator. But after I'd hit rock bottom and I you know, got a coach in the addiction recovery program, one of the first things that she told me to do was that I needed to learn to meditate. And Stacy, I remember looking at her like, are you serious? You know what I've been through? And this is your big idea. Like, how is that going to fix anything? You know, I was just, but at the same time, I had no other answers. And I liked who she was and how peaceful she was in her own skin. And I thought, well, if this is going to work, I guess it will. And her instruction to me was to sit still for 20 minutes every morning and meditate. And because I was just so heavily detoxing from alcohol and my negative thoughts and should I, shouldn't I kill myself was still, you know, really heavy on me, I couldn't physically sit for 20 minutes, but I could sit for about three so since she had told me 20, I tried to do three a few times a day to try and make it up to 20, you know. And um, after a couple of months of doing that, it just evened out to be three times a day for three minutes. And I started having these extraordinary experiences of deep peace, deep presence, and just kind of like a greater tapping into the greater perspective on life, you know, like, like that broader perspective of like all is well, all can heal, that sort of thing, deeply grounded and peaceful. And I've used three by three meditation to transform relationships. You know, I have a process I call pre-forgiveness that, um, you know, helps me be really present and deal with people that have annoyed me for years or, you know, that I'm just meeting and I'm not sure how to interact with. I have this process for relationships. I have one for weight loss and intuitive eating because after I quit drinking so much, I started eating <laughs> a lot and I gained a little weight. And so I did this like really intense visualization process to drop weight off my body. I've used it to lower my cholesterol and um, I've, I've worked with mostly clients that are working on, you know, health and body and intuitive eating issues and stuff. And it's been extremely effective on that. But that, that three minutes, three times a day is really honing a visualization and a meditation process in just those three minutes where you're um, constantly and consistently interrupting your old subconscious programming and making room for new ideas and new mindsets to kind of take root and take place. Okay, and I just think it's um it is so manageable because like you said, twenty minutes, like that's a long time to try and sit and be still. And even I know I try and do meditation at various times and I my mind just travels off onto doing various other things. Um, I want to have a chat with you about like the process of your book and getting it published and everything. And so moving a bit away from the actual content of the book. But if people are really interested to find out about your 3x3 three three meditation, see what you're up to and maybe even purchase your book, where's the best place for people to find you for that? Oh, for contacting me and keeping up to date on the book and everything, it's all through my one website, which is just madlychasingpeace.com. Okay, perfect. And then I know that you have um, a publishing deal. Um, it's a, not a full publishing deal. Can you please explain a bit about that to people, please? Yeah, sure. The publisher that I'm working with called Morgan James Publishing. They're on the East Coast here in the States. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure that they publish books, you know, internationally. I, I think they're a worldwide company. I sure know that my book is, you know, getting distributed worldwide. So they're, a, they're what's called a quote-unquote hybrid publisher. So they're a cross between a traditional publisher and a self-publishing. So the benefits of self-publishing are that you get, you know, you get to keep a higher percentage of, you know, the, the split or the royalties or you keep all the money that you make. That's a benefit of self-publishing. Another benefit is a, a quick turnaround. So you, you're able to turn that around right away. You, can, you don't lose the rights to your work. You keep the rights to your own book. And so those are the same kind of benefits that I get with working with Morgan James. But they're also like a traditional because they designed my book cover. They did the fonts. They did the layout of the interior. They you know, did the ISBN, all of the um, technical behind-the-scenes stuff that needs to get your book in place. And they also handled all the distribution. And they're currently in process of creating my audio book which will also be distributed worldwide. So, you know, they, they handle all of those distribution things, and they also have a really fast turnaround. So when I first signed the deal with them, uh, I had to get my book done within, I think, 90 days. And then after that, we went through, you know, the cover design. Well, they were doing cover design while I was still finishing up writing it. And, you know, within a couple of months of that, the book was already to be, you know, uh, it was ready to be published. It was published <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> and so, and then I'm assuming that then they you, they get a percentage of your book sales. Is that correct? Uh, exactly. So, but it's a higher royalty than if I would be with a traditional publisher. And I'm really bad. I'm not a terribly numbers person. I don't even know what the split is off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so it's not as high as if I were to just publish it myself. But it's better than a split with a traditional publisher. And I still keep the rights to my work. So. Sure, and what also I can see would be a great benefit of that is they already have a team of experts together to do the typesetting, to do the book cover, to have all of the systems in place to be able to put the audio book together. Whereas, so you may be losing part of the money on the sales, but you're actually gaining quite a bit in their expertise and being able to pull things together quickly. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's exactly right. And it was a perfect solution for me because I was going to self-publish. I didn't have a problem with that. But um, a couple of people that were, you know, uh, had had friendships with the people who were higher up in my, Morgan James had provided introductions for me because they really believed in my book and what I was about. And so I didn't have to go through, like, an application process. I know that they do have, like, a screening, you know, that they go through. Most people fill out, you know, a, a thing so that they can submit a sample and get accepted. And I did still have to go through. They had to have a committee read my book and make sure, you know, even with the introduction that I was provided that, you know, that I was going to be a good match for them. But luckily they, they liked it and they picked it up. So, yeah. But I've been really happy with them. They're very hands-on people. They did, you know, any changes that I wanted to the interior or the cover design, they were quick to make. And they really tried to get in inside my mind of what I wanted so that they could create something that I really loved. So, I've been extremely happy working with them, yeah. Oh, and that's really good to hear because I think, um, yeah, there, there's such a conversation at the moment about whether to self-publish, not self-publish, or do these part, um, the part publishing, the hybrid. Um, can I just ask a kind of random question? Did you have to commit to buying a certain number of your own books with them? No. I mean, they do. I, get, I guess technically... 
uh, I don't, I forget how they do it in the contract, but, and I don't know what their pricing is now, but several months ago when I signed the contract, the pricing was at $5,000 for the contract. And I think that they told me that it was equated to buying a certain number of books, but to me, it was just the fee I was paying to get all the layout done, to have the expertise as far as, you know, because I can have marketing calls whenever I want with them, and they provide all their expertise as far as what I should do to be marketing myself, that sort of thing, the access to the experts. That's how I kind of looked at the fee, but they may have worded it in a way that I was buying a certain amount of books up front. I can't remember exactly. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, because I know a few people that they then, but it's quite useful to have a number of your books anyway for you to be able to give them away or sell them at speaking engagements or those kinds of things. Yeah, Um, And then like moving like kind of a bit back in the timeline. So how long did it take you to write your book? Um, from From the moment that I realized what I was writing was a book till I got the first finished copy in my hands was about two years, but I didn't spend all that time writing. I spent a lot of time thinking, oh my gosh, can I really write a book? Is this really going to happen? You know, like I had a lot of just personal things that of resistance that were coming up and that sort of stuff that I was processing. So it wasn't a particularly fast process for me, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess too, because I wasn't a writer coming in. I just, I just was a person who had this great you know, uplifting story to be able to share with people. And I had dabbled in writing a little bit with some of my, some of my, uh, you know, some of my story, but it wasn't like I was intending to come out and write this book. And this was my dream since I was little or anything. So it's almost like the, the me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's, it's really interesting as well, because even people that have books out, um, quite often don't identify with themselves as being an author. So I think that's kind of a transition as well that people go through as they write their books. And some people, even after that, they've written a few books, still they say, yeah, I've got a few books out, but they don't kind of identify with themselves by saying they're an author. So hey, do you say, now, I'm an author? I do, just because I have a published book. But sure. I think of myself much more as a coach and a speaker than I do as an author. I don't see myself, you know, just... I'd much rather be out there and interacting with people and helping people hone their meditation practice and reach their goals than I do to, you know, sit behind the computer and kind of form the words. It's an art and it's enjoyable for sure, but it's it's not my number one passion. Sure. And then with, so you mentioned just before, like that there were some struggles um, when writing your book. And I think, again, this is something that a lot of people go through. Will people really want to read it? Do I have enough to say? Is it going to be of interest? Like how, what did you do to work through some of those things? Well, I, <laughs> I used my three by three. <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah, but I mean, since that was effective for me and everything else, I used that. And and one of the things was I had dabbled in writing for about six or eight months before I came to the realization like, okay, this is going to be a book. And I got really serious about it. And it's funny, Stacey, because during those six or eight months, the writing would come easily and it would flow. And when I felt inspired, I would just kind of do it because there was no expectation around it. There was no big plan around it. And it just kind of came naturally. I had no resistance to it. Well, as soon as this became a book, suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I don't know if I could do this. What are people going to think? You know, and I had all that resistance come up. So what I would do is just in my meditations or 
even outside my meditations, because sometimes I would feel literally gripped with like fear. And what if I can't get this done? And are all my eggs going to be in one basket? And, you know, what if it isn't good enough? And blah, blah, blah. When I would feel that way, I would just remind myself, like, I'm, I'm not, it, it's funny, because for a lot of people, what works for them is to set aside, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, four hours, whatever, time during the day, on a consistent basis that they set aside just for writing. And I tried to do that and that didn't work for me because my writing flowed because my message is kind of, I I almost feel like my book is like the birth of a baby. You know, if I were to have this beautiful, you know, give birth to a beautiful child, I would say, yes, I was the vehicle that this child came through, but I didn't design like this, the way that she looks or, you know, her hair color or her eyes or that she has 10 toes. I didn't design it. It was like this greater process or greater intelligence was there. And I was just the vehicle that it came through. So in order for me to have that attitude with my book, I couldn't approach it mentally where I was carving out specific times to be able to do it or get myself into like a discipline or a habit about it, what was more important for me was to just let go of all my expectations and intuit when I would have ideas, you know, so I, so I would just tell myself like, if it doesn't feel right to write today, I don't need to write today. The book will take care of itself. And I just kind of soothed my thoughts with that. And I approached it with an attitude of curiosity you know, and I would just kind of approach each day or week or, you know, just everything about the book. I was like, oh, I wonder when I'll feel the urge to write. I wonder when, like, I'm totally open. Whenever that urge comes around me, I'll, you know, I always had a little journal with me or my laptop with me. And I just said, okay, whenever I have that urge, I'm going to honor it. And I'll totally write. And when that inspiration leaves, it's no problem at all. I will, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't make myself have, um, you know, a self-imposed time when I was supposed to get the book done or whatever. Um, so that's how I really had to do it. It was all mostly mental. And I'll tell you just a quick story about when I got really stuck. Um, this was probably about a year ago, and I'd been working on the book for about a year. And I was co- so completely stuck. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not a writer. This is never going to get done. I'm just going to throw it out the window and start with something else. Like, I, I was at such a high point of frustration. And then it occurred to me, I was like, you know, what's really blocking me is my resistance here because I can't get into creative flow if I'm too much in my head or mind or, you know, having these kind of expectations about it. So I told myself, for 30 days, I'm not even going to think about the book. 30 days isn't going to kill me. It's not going to kill the book because when I get into those periods of writing flow, it's amazing. You know, like I'm usually good for about 3,000 words when I get into writing flow. So I just told for 30 days, I'm not even going to, if the book starts to occur to me, I'm going to say, oh, wait, no, I'm not, I'm just completely forgot about the book. And what's funny is that on like, I think it was day 17 of the 30 days, I had an inspiration where I was like, wait, I have a really good way to word something that I had previously written in one of these chapters. And I thought, you know what, let me just bring up the manuscript and I'll just kind of correct it. And I got into, and then I was looking at the next paragraph and I was like, oh my gosh, I could kind of do it this way and that way. Well, I got it, it like kind of tricked me into getting into the zone of writing the book. And within seven days, I had completed so much of the editing of what I had already written and some new content too. It blew me away how productive I was for those, you know, just like that week or so. But I, it took me to get to the point where I just told myself for 30 days, I'm not even going to think about it. And it turns out by the end of that 30 days, I had already completed, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so I think it is as well, like it, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for others. And it's just trying little things like that are going to, like that may or may not work for you and just keep at it until you get something that works. Exactly. Because I know a lot of people who are super effective and they just say, you know, I set my alarm every morning at five and I write before the sun comes up and it feels great and I'm always in flow. And that really works for them and it's amazing. They get so much done before they go to, you know, to their day job or whatever. But that just, it wasn't something that came natural to me. I couldn't discipline myself to do that. So I had to come up with my own way of doing it, you know? Yeah. 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 And I remember we had a conversation, must have been about a year or more ago, and I was talking to you about social media as um as one of the ways to help you market your book and you were so resistant and you're like, Stacy, no like um you like Twitter and Facebook wasn't really something that you really wanted to use as an avenue for your book marketing and then a, a while ago I saw you there on Facebook and I was all very excited because you'd made the leap so what how has that now been that it's formed a part of how you're launching your book well it's so funny because I remember it, it was a while ago though but I do remember being in huge resistance about it and part of it was like learning something new and how to do Twitter and all this stuff. It just seems kind of overwhelming. But also, I think the main thing was I was afraid of putting myself out there. I think that's what was really blocking me was people can go out and comment on stuff and I can't control it. And what if they hate it? And what if no one comments? Or what if no one listens or reads? Or, you know, I just had this whole conversation in my head and it came out as like a procrastination or, yeah, I'm just not ready to do that or whatever. But Really, it was fear of bringing my message public. It was fear of putting myself out there for ridicule by anyone and everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. So what is it that you're doing on social media now then to, in preparation for your book launch? What I'm doing is I, I put a Facebook page together for my book alone, and um, I should probably do it more frequently, but every you know couple times a week I've been putting a paragraph or two excerpts from the book just right on that site. And, you know, people can like the page if they want. And I also share it on my own page. I um, attempt to get more followers and friends on Facebook who, you know, I go to a lot of author and speaker kind of conferences and trainings and retreats. So I meet a lot of people. And as soon as I meet someone, I usually look for them on Facebook so that we can connect. And then I can see what they're up to and they can see what I'm up to. And there are a lot of... Um, of people on that Facebook suggests to me and it says, you know, you've got 150 or 350 friends in common. So I'll reach out to them and make a connection and form them as a friend. So I try to, you know, every week add 20 or 25 people on Facebook. And, um, you know, there was a time where I was adding a lot of people daily on Twitter. So just to create that following, create that buzz, reaching out to people, you know, if I think their site looks interesting or if they wrote a book too, I'll just send them a quick message like, wow, your book looks interesting. Like keep keep me posted on the launch. And, you know, like as soon as you show interest in someone else, they tend to show interest right back to you. So that's what I've been mostly doing uh, with social media is like creating relationships. I've gotten some clients and opportunities I wouldn't have had if I did, if I wasn't active on social media. So I totally see how valuable it is, you know, and I just remember that social media, it's just, it's like being at a, a conference or it's just a community of people. They're not particularly scary. They're just people like me. You know, I don't have to feel worried. The people that will resonate with me will, those that won't, won't. And you just kind of relax about it. And 
Um, I just kind of remember I'm writing this whole book and I'm doing this coaching in order to uplift and help people. And I just trust that the people that will be, you know, best, more, most effectively affected by my message will be drawn to it. So. And I think that's so true. And I think you've got a really great attitude to the social media as well because it can be, um, some people do really find that overwhelming. And until you've actually stepped in yourself, it's, it is a bit difficult to see that it doesn't have to be like an all day, every day thing. Like you've said yourself, like you kind of step in every couple of days and do a little bit and, and that's that's completely working for you and you're getting the results that you want to get for that. So I think that's, um, it, people do can get really caught up in the fear of how long it's going to take, what they're going to say, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think too, a thing that's really important is, um, and, and I think you, you probably told me this at one point, is to make sure that you're still interacting with like content. So if I'm driving by and the sunset's beautiful and I take a picture and share it on my page, it's like, it's just I'm sharing part of myself or part of my life or a funny story or going out to lunch and, you know, I'm just sharing something, you know, something some funny that somebody said or a quote that I really resonated with. So I share that stuff too because I want, I mean, my goal is, of course, I want to have a successful business. Of course, I want people to buy my book and for, you know, to coach them and to make money doing that and, you know, to, to be financially comfortable and abundant. But the thing is, is like people aren't necessarily buying into the content of it. They want a relationship with you. And that's what I want too. I mean, that's who I resonate most with as far as mentors and people on social media. When I get an email or an acknowledgement from somebody that I see as a guru, I'm hugely flattered and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, you, you kind of see that person in a different light and you see them putting themselves out there, a quote that they like or a picture that they took that's cute. And you, you get involved in that human being's life rather than just, this is the voice behind the book or whatever. So I look at it much more as not really selling, but just being myself, putting myself out there, trusting that the people who are attracted to my message will be there, will resonate well, and financial abundance will come as like an afterthought. But that's not my primary thing. It's, it's much more satisfying to just be a person that other people can relate to than it is to be like, you know, a person freaking out about not having enough sales on my book or something. It's, it's become really fun for me. Yeah, and I think it is when you can take that kind of the pressure off yourself that I have to like generate this amount of money or I have to sell this number of books and you can just be with whatever's going on at the time. I think that gives it a whole other experience and then that leaves you to be at ease when having the conversations with people and building relationships on social media and even in person or when you're at the various events that you're going to. Yeah. Exactly. It's really true. Um, and just before we go, I'd just like you, um, your blog talk radio show, I'm so happy that you're doing a blog talk radio show. Um, do you just want to briefly talk about that and then at the end of that let people know we spoke about your website before but if you just want to tell people again where it is that they can find you. Oh, sure, yeah. My blog talk show I've been doing for a couple of months, so I've maybe done a handful of episodes, but um, it's really fun because I get to choose people that I see as mentors or who have something amazing to share with the world or, you know, advice or a great story, something uplifting, uh, practical things people can bring into their lives. I reach out and interview them and share that with my listeners. So, you know, I 
I talk about everything from manifesting to dealing with hard situations to visualization to, you know, all kind of different things. And, um, and it's all people that I want to learn from. And I think of my podcast more as that the listeners are just eavesdropping on a conversation where I'm talking to somebody that I want to learn from and I'm just asking a ton of questions and then I can share it with whoever wants to listen to it. So it's on blogtalkradio.com or through iTunes and it has the same title as my book, which is Madly Chasing Peace. So you could find it easily that way. I also have a link on my website and um, you can contact me directly through my website. Everything is there. It's just madlychasingpeace.com. Perfect. And then from there you have your links to your social media platforms and people can go and visit you and reach out to you there. Yep, exactly. And I just want to like wish you the best success and I know it will be amazing when your book comes out and I will definitely be expecting a signed copy in the post. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for spending your time with us, Dina. Thank you, Stacey, so much. Thanks. Comments or questions about today's show can be left at authorplatformsuccessshow.com and on there you'll find the links to all of our social media networks. You can find me on Twitter at at Stacey L. Myers and you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Stacey L. Myers. You can also subscribe to our show in iTunes. Just do a search for Author Platform Success Show. Until next time.